especially first-time guests. We're so glad you're here. Uh, my name is Darren Davis, senior leader here at the Harbor, and honored to have you with us. We are in a real exciting series. Hello. Um, that I'm calling the red letters. We're called the red letters. It's on what did the what did Jesus have to say? The sayings of Jesus, and uh, it's. It's an important, I think, time as we look into the Word of the Lord, because for me, as I thought about this series, I really wanted to tap into how does the Word of God really relate or not to our lives and the lives of other people? Are you following me? Like, like does the Word of God have any importance... Um, in our life journey and in the life journey of other people living on this planet? I think it's a really important question. I, I, I personally think that the Word of God is not in vogue today. Can I get an amen or an oh my? I, I think that there's, there's something that God wants to do in the earth as it relates to an awakening among His people with fire concerning the Word of God burning on the inside of us. And that encounter that we have afresh with the Word of God will roll over into the world. Because we live in this world. We're not of the system of this world, but we live in this world. We exist in it. We live in neighborhoods. We work in in places of employment in our city. And what we carry, the very presence of God, backed by His Word, has an impact, whether we realize it or not. We are impacting the world through our lives because the Word of God dwells on the inside of us. Last night, um, Wendy and I, my wife, who works as a physical therapist nearby at, a, at an organization, uh, we went to one of her company parties, and it was a pool party. I haven't been to a pool party, I don't think, ever, but it was, so it was an interesting experience to go to her company party, pool party in Wilton Manors, and as we were driving down there, I had just a lot on my mind. I was like, oh my God, what's, what's the environment going to be like? What's, who are the people that are going to be there? I don't know any of them. And you guys might think, well, Darren, you stand on the stage. You're an extrovert. Not true. I'm an introverted extrovert. I could stand before multitudes, but if I go into a room where I don't know anybody, I typically want to hide in the corner. I've had to become uber-disciplined to engage people that I don't know. Once I know you, um, those that have been around me that know me, you know, then I'm blah, 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 blah you know, I talk a lot and all those kind of things, life of the party. But, but for real, when I don't know somebody, it's, it's very hard for me to go. Anybody else like that? You go into an environment, you don't know anybody, it's, it's super weird. It's, it's, you know, it's really hard. So I was like thinking about that as we were going down. But what, the one thing that I was reminded of is that I carry Jesus, I carry his love and and we, we prayed, we said we're going to have a fun time. But on the way down, what struck me, we were driving down US-1 and, and crossing in front of a church. And it had this big, beautiful steeple, stained glass image of Jesus. And, and outside of the church, kneeling on the ground before this massive steeple and this stained glass image of Jesus was this this man, this younger man, 
who, I, you know, I, I couldn't tell 100%, but I, my guess was, was probably in a pretty rough state, rough condition, something, you know, just, you could tell a little bit just by his appearance and the clothes he was wearing. But he was kneeling before this, this tower going to heaven, you know, and and I, w- I don't know, the image I think is going to stick with me for a long time. I was like, my God, the desperation in a generation to find something real. And even if they're disillusioned with church, this guy was outside of a building, by the way, which is not the church. The church is people. The church is those who carry the presence of God, who carry the Word of God inside of them. And if you don't believe that, go to nations where there's empty chapels sitting with nobody attending them every Sunday morning in and out. And and you'll discover that that's not what the church is. The church is not about a building. It's about a people that are being raised up in the the presence of God. And, And I believe that we are the answer to that man's challenges, that man's, you know, uh, desires to find life. Everybody say life. To find life. When we were at the party, in fact, I told Wendy as we were post-processing, coming home, I was like, man, I was, it was a beautiful time. It was an amazing time together with these, these new friends. But I was picking up on all the stuff that was going on in the inside of them. And you can feel the burden of the Lord for these people, right? And you want to see the life of God transform their hearts. And I believe with all that's within me that the Word of God, the words of Jesus, are super relevant now more than ever before. And so what I want to do today is... I had this, this thing burning in me, uh, John chapter 1, where he gets this revelation on who Jesus is, and he begins to describe him in the first few verses of chapter 1. But I wanted to bookend my message today by looking at the conversation that Jesus had with the devil himself. On the front end. And then the conversation on the back end of my message that Jesus had with the Father. Now, I love all of the words of Jesus, the red letters, if you will, in the Bible. But there's something super intriguing to me about God talking to God. And I think it's super important for us to pay attention to those moments in the canonized Scripture. I mean, think about it. Jesus, who is the Word of God, is talking to the Father, who is God Himself. And, and, and these words have now made it into the canon of what we call the Bible, the Word of the Lord. And I think there's something very powerful about that. Like, God talking to God, you know. And it recorded for us in red letters for us to see before our very eyes. I, I believe that God is giving birth to something, as I mentioned earlier. We have around our home a lot of doves. I don't, I don't know if you guys have doves around your house, but for whatever reason, in our neighborhood, we have doves everywhere. They're all over the place. And doves are super sensitive birds, right? If, if, you, if you see them and you come up on them or you make any move, like 
they're they're off, man. They're out of there, and and it's 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 it's. I think it's so telling. It's it's kind of like the Holy Spirit, like super sensitive, um, right? That's why the, the the Holy Spirit is referenced as a dove, you know, very filled with peace and beauty and all that kind of stuff. And they're super sensitive. Um, we're trying to feed them now in our backyard, and 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 Wendy set up a bird feeder. She loves birds. Um, it's not weird or anything. She really likes them. Uh, they're just. She loves that creation coming into to our home and our home environment. And, and, and so one of the doves now has made a ne- had made a nest in our front porch area, which as the doves were coming in making the, these nests, this nest there, um, y- you know, we would walk out at times and then they'd fly off and then the nest would fall off the, the little perch where they were trying to make it and I'm like, man, is this dove ever going to get this nest made? Well, eventually she did. And then, and then she began to lay on the nest, right? You know, after creating this, this place for, for these new lives to come forth. And, and the moment that she placed herself on that nest, which is right outside of our front door, she never moved from that point on until she had the babies. And even after having the babies... She stayed put for, gosh, Wendy, it must have been weeks, right? No food, no water. Stayed put on that nest. And I would walk out, or Wendy would walk out, or the kids, or we'd come home at night. We'd be turning on the lights. We'd be, you know, clicking our, our, our uh, car locks. And beep, 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 you know, and, and she's right there. And I was watching this, and I was inspired. I was like, my God, like, the the... The programming of God in, in, in these animals to, to, to stay put and cover and, and hold tight in the midst of all these extenuating circumstances that would have caused them to, to leave in a moment, normally in their natural habitat. She's holding solid. As I'm staring her down and I just see those, the eyes of that dove, you know, it's just holding solid to give birth to this life. I was inspired. I was like, my God, what would it look like if we were like that as it related to your word and to what you were wanting to do in the earth? As a parent of three children... Now mostly grown, and I think even more importantly than ever, I've longed for them to be fully prepared for life. As a pastor, I've seen through whatever situation of life, people get knocked down and sometimes not be able to get back up. And the reason was they weren't prepared for what they were going to walk through in life. Now, I'm, I'm not a Debbie Downer as it relates to life because I think that we've been called in Jesus to live life abundantly. Can I get a big amen right there? To live life abundantly. Not a life absent of problems, but a life filled with His presence as we walk through them. And that's the abundant life. The abundant life is, is not a life absent of challenges, but it's, it's the glory of God dwelling on the inside of us through them, actually making us better people on the other side. Isn't that amazing? Like even God being able to take 
even things meant for our harm and, and turning them around by His grace, ultimately for our good. Stuff that's come against us, we come on the other side of it better than we were previously. That's amazing to me, the thought of that. The possibility of that, that we, if we're fully prepared and perfectly mature in this thing called life, we can navigate anything that it throws our way. Do you believe that? I believe it's the Word of God with all that's within me, as I say that again, that is going to make us fully prepared and perfectly mature to live a life abundant from now until the day we take our last, last breath. So, kicking this off, I want to look at the first and most trying moment of Jesus' life as He speaks forth something on the earth that I believe actually postures Him for the journey going forward. And that actually is going to hold Him in the second most difficult time of His life, the most trying time prior to the cross. Now here's the thing, as we look at the life of Jesus and we look at His words we need to understand that He is an example to us. Tap your neighbor and say Jesus is an example. Because He's not just the Son of God out there. He is, he is an example for us. He is, he is showing us a way to live. He is showing us the possibility of a way to live in this life. So setting up context here. Um, Jesus is baptized in the Jordan as he's coming up out of the water. The Father speaks over him. This is my beloved Son, whom I'm well pleased, which is super interesting, intriguing to me because he has not done any ministry leading up to this point. And then the Holy Spirit, just to begin his ministry, leads him into the wilderness where he has no food or water for 40 days. No food, no water for 40 days. Now, how many have fasted in this, in, this, in this place and you've gone maybe even just three days, no food? You feel like you're going to die. Come on, somebody. I mean, you're looking at the clouds. I mean, they look like snicker bars. You know what I mean? It just, you're just, I mean, you know, you are, you, you would do anything for food at that point. Like, can you imagine 40 days, no food or water? And here it is in Matthew chapter 4. Verse 3, it says, During that time, the devil came and said to him, Isn't this interesting? Right after the Father affirms his identity. Come on, you got to catch this. Because when an awakening is coming to the earth, affirmation of who we are is happening. And right on the backside of it, you need to know what's coming next. The questioning of the very thing you feel like God said to you. This is why we need to raise up fully prepared, perfectly mature people. Because as we train you and equip you, we teach you these kind of things. Listen, God's going to speak things to you about who you are. And then you need to know right in the very next moment, the devil's going to try to come and question what was just spoken to your heart. 
Every single time, it's the same M.O. He's been doing it for 6,000 years. If you are the Son of God. And then listen, the reason we need to know the Word of God is he tries to twist the Word and get Jesus to begin to worship Him by doing something counter to what God has actually spoken in the pure context of the Word of the Lord. I'm convinced, man, people can make the Bible say whatever they want it to say. Right? I mean, I've heard messages on certain portions of Scripture that completely contradict one another. Who is right? You know what I mean? You can make the Bible say whatever you want it to say. That's why you have to know the full context. First of all, you have to know the real heart and character and nature of the Father. To even be able to filter and understand the Word in a proper way, in my opinion. That's why Harbor Life Wave 1 is so important. We take a look at God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, how they relate to the church. What is the, what is the, 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 the profound implications of their nature and their character, and, and how does that affect us? Now, I want you to notice this and read this with me. Red letters of Jesus. He responds... And he says, people do not live by bread alone. Let's pause right there. There is nothing better than hot, fresh bread. Oh, my God. You know, and, and, and come on, we live, we're trying to live in, in today's culture in a carb-free zone. Anybody else trying to navigate that path? Especially when your metabolism isn't burning the way that it used to. Right? And you're, you're, man, you know, carb-free zone. But, man, we, every time we, Wendy and I go to a restaurant and they come out with, you know, it's one thing to have, like, breadsticks and stuff. That's whatever. Like those kind of, you know. But when they bring out hot, fresh bread, I'm, like, on it, man. I'm, like, I'll walk twice tomorrow. You know what I mean? Uh, He's able to resist and say, man, as good as that sounds, I'm going to live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. In, in the moment of one of his greatest trials in life, he responds with, I want nothing but what the Father has to say. That's it. All the other voices can go silent. So is the, the Word of God, are the, are the red letters of Jesus to us, are they important? I believe, yes, point number one for me is that the Word of God is our access to the source of abundant life, which is Jesus Himself. Which is Jesus Himself. John says it this way, going to that portion of Scripture that was so burning in my heart, he said that the Word was first... The Bible wasn't first. The Bible came forth from Jesus. He was first. Before everything else. Present to God. God present to the Word. And the Word was God. In readiness for God. From day one. Everything was created through Him. Nothing, not one thing, came into being without Him. How did it come into being? By what He spoke. 
And God said, that's why if we want to live an abundant life, if we want to navigate through difficulties like what he experienced in that wilderness with the enemy, he needed to hear only first and foremost, at the very beginning of all things, with everything else silent, he needed to hear in that. Can you imagine like in that moment, man, you're weak. And you want to be pulled to this or that. All the things trying to, to gain your attention. Maybe things that even have strongholds in, that, that, that had some strength over your life. And somehow he had the, the capacity in his maturity to silence it all. And go, Father, what do you have to say? Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. It's so tricky when we come into knowing Jesus. We're around church uh, for a while. We come into services like this. And we can so often rely on having the Word of God taught or preached to us. But I want to submit to you that having something preached to you is only going to have momentary effects. In other words, you might come out of here stoked at 12 by 12, you know 11:30 when we're finishing up here and you might go home and you'll be excited for a little bit, but the moment something hits you on Monday, if you're only receiving a word coming to you, you will be found wanting Versus the Word of God coming through you. Let me tell you what I mean by this. Remember when Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. And He says to them, He says, You search the Scriptures. For in them you think eternal life. But these are they which testify of me. But he tells him, he says, here's the problem. The reason you're not getting this thing is because you're not willing to come to me that you would have life. Coming to God. Let me, let me tell you what that means in a setting like this. That doesn't mean you're just going to sit back. Darren, entertain me. Sam, entertain me. Julie, whoever's up here teaching, come on, give me your best goods. Make me laugh. Make me cry. Tell some really good stories so that I can be entertained, be stoked for a few hours, try to make it from Monday to Friday, have some fun on Sunday, and come back here again next week. The difference of coming to Jesus when the Word of God is being pre presented, is you say, Lord, I open my heart for you to come in today and begin to work and burn on the inside of me and then work through me out to the world. It's, it's like that person that you look out and you see and they're on the edge of their seats waiting 
for the next little moment of revelation that may impact their heart. They're, they're wide open. They're not like, oh, I've heard this guy before or just another Sunday message. Like, I have learned to discipline myself, to sit and open up my heart to whoever is speaking myself. Not thinking, well, man, I'm the senior pastor here and I'm off this Sunday and I'll just kind of muster through Sam trying to preach a good message and hopefully he'll do okay, but I'm not really that into it. I kind of give him a, you know, a complimentary amen out of my heart here and there, but I don't really mean it, you know. I'm looking for, in fact, I just start, you know what, I want to, I want to throw this out to you. I just started looking for different people out there in different podcasts that I normally wouldn't listen to. Maybe in some Baptist dude or some other guy that I wouldn't, I wouldn't even normally think that I'd, I'd be able to get anything from. And I've opened my heart. And in those moments, trust me, man, God has met me. Maybe there's someone that you think you have a bias towards is out there in the body of Christ. I would never listen to T.D. Jakes. I'm never going to, you know, get on his podcast or whoever. Like, I'm telling you, then just go ahead and find that person. Get on their podcast. Listen. Open your heart. And I'm guaranteed that God will encounter you. Why? Because it's not about the person. It's about the Word of God coming through individuals. You know? Here's what I believe secondly, and i got to move quickly here. I believe that the Word of God is important to us because God empowers us through practical instruction and correction on how to live an abundant life. So it's not only key to the source of the abundant life, Jesus, but... It's practical. It really is. And we need to make it even more practical as we go along. We really do. We need to get practical with what this even looks like to understand the Word of God. And in John chapter 1, verse 4, he says this. What came into existence was life. So I'm in that John portion that I was so passionate about. And the life was light to live by. It's not just ethereal stuff. It's not just kind of out there understanding. It's stuff that you can bring in and make super practical to your life. Timothy says this in, in 2 Timothy 3.16. He says, listen, listen to this. It's powerful. He says, every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. Now, I know that's under attack today, but I believe that. I believe that the book that we hold in our hands is a supernatural book that is filled and full of mystery and wonder that it, how it even came into existence. Yes, it was written through men, but I believe it was the breath of God behind all of it that really is backing this thing. And he says this, it will empower you by its, instru in its instruction and correction. Given you the strength to take, look at this, the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Well, Darren, I thought we we're just going to all kind of live pretty broken lives from now until we go to heaven. Wrong. I thought we're just, you know, we're saved, going to heaven, but we're going to pretty much look like the world. Wrong. Jesus has paid for way more than that through his word. And he's given his life. And 
countless others have too. So this thing called the Bible can be there for us. The words of Jesus to give us instruction. Instruction. How about having some new ways of thinking? How about correction? How about erasing some old ways of thinking? I mean, this isn't rocket science. So instruction, hey, I'm going to give you some new ways to look at things. I'm going to give you a way to frame what you've projected through your brokenness before in a completely healthy way so that you can be happy on the backside of even problems. I've got like a half a clap somewhere in the back. This is rough. <laughs> Correction. <laughs> Belief systems going bye-bye that are not true and real. Stuff that you believe to be true that's not actually true. How would it, how would it feel if, 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 you know, at the end of your life, like you hit some button and saw like the, everything that you just lived for and realized that all of it was a lie? How discouraging would that be? The thing is, when we find Jesus, it's like he, he counter-corrects our course. He actually restores years that were eaten up by lies. He moves us forward light years into the future that we never could have brought ourselves to that place. Lastly, I believe the Word of God keeps us centered in the will of God. Because John says, chapter 1, verse 5, he says, The life light blazed out of the darkness. Ooh. And then when it did, the darkness could not put it out. So when we moved from just hearing messages to becoming one, because our hearts were open, and we weren't just there to sit through another Sunday and listen to another cool podcast. Then light began to blaze out of the darkness. And now all of a sudden you got the darkness on the run because it's scared because it knows now it can never put that thing out. Ooh. Jesus said, the words of Jesus, he says, John 15, 7, if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. Meaning, you're going to understand the Father because we're one, we're in union now. So now you're so dialed into the will of God, whatever you say will actually be put in motion because it is the will of God, not your own requests that are coming from your flesh and all the other stuff that you filter life through or have been. The last moment of Jesus in his life, and then I'm going to call a couple of friends up here and we're going to pray over them because it's their last Sunday with us as they get ready to go to the foreign mission field and we need to stand with them because there's, there's difficulties waiting them there. 
but I believe they're fully prepared and perfectly mature. Jesus is in this. Uh, bear with me. You guys give me one minute. Can I see a hand? One minute. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven. Okay. Eight minutes. We got eight minutes now. That's an old preacher joke. That's rough. But the, the, he's, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, Mark chapter 14, verse 32. And he's asking his friends, hey, would you sit here with me? While I go to pray, and in verse 33, he becomes deeply troubled and distressed. Remember, Jesus is our example. He's, he's, he told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and watch with me. Now, I'm, I'm in some ways encouraged that Jesus is going through a tough moment like this. Because he can understand and he knows what it's like or going to be like for us in these kind of moments. And he goes a little farther and he falls to the ground and he prayed that if it were possible, the awful, awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Listen, none of us want to go through tough times. If you do, there's bigger issues and we got to talk after the service. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, that's messed up. It, none of us want to go through difficult times in life. And we know the story. His friends abandoned him and, and he has really no one with him in that moment. You ever felt like that? Like you're going through a time and then you're asking for, would you guys just come hang with me? Would you pray with me? Would you say something to me to help me? And no one has anything for you in that moment. And and we're like, God, I don't want to go through this. And Jesus is even like, if you could take this cup of suffering for me away from me, verse 36. But look what he says. Yet I want your will to be done. Thank God he prayed that prayer. Because he endured for the joy that was set before him. The cross of shame. Wow. He wasn't taken out in the beginning of his ministry. And he endured to the end of his ministry for us. Here's the thing. I don't believe we're ever going to have to pay anything like what Jesus paid for because that was His doing. But trust me in this. The devil wants to take you out before you even get started. And I'm not trying to say that to scare you. I'm just saying that is reality. And the second thing is He for sure doesn't want you to finish the race. Where you're sitting on that nest saying, I ain't moving until something comes forth in the earth that's way bigger than me. Until I don't have to drive by US-1 and see some poor soul on his knees outside of a stained glass image of Jesus that may never come back and go inside those doors. 
Because he's disillusioned with religion, yet he's in need of life more than his soul even knows. Josh and Julie, would you guys come back up here? Come up here, not back up. Wendy, would you join me here quickly? We have some friends that have been with us since the beginning of this church plant and their sons and daughters of this house and years ago went off to the foreign mission field and for their safety I'm not going to say the nation that they were in and let's just put it this way it's a, it's a nation where the gospel is not welcome it's a nation hostile to the word of God and to the life of God yet it's a nation where it all began in so many ways. Where I believe and they believe that the life of God is going to come like never before, before it all comes to conclusion. And I believe that you guys carry this living word of Christ on the inside of you to go and bring life where there is death. But you need our prayers as friends. May we not be found sleeping in the garden today, you know, in your hour of need. And I know for sure the Lord is with you, you know. All the thoughts going through your head. I mean, before they left and came here, there was a coup in the government. There was crazy stuff that went down. I mean, all kinds of opposition. But could you join me in stretching your hands to them? Could we just ask God for a move of the Spirit in this family, in their hearts, so that we could see a move of God in that part of the world. That we're responsible in some way as the harbor for touching. Lord, would you come as we stand on the stage today and would you guard over your promise? The life that you want to breathe into the earth, God. And the enemy is coming, trying to bring such brokenness in so many ways to even so many people in this world, in this room, and in this world. And God, we say that we need your word. We don't want just letters on a page. We want this this ever increasing, growing logos, this, this rhema understanding of your voice to pierce our souls and to consume our hearts. Please don't let us just hear messages. Let, let, let us become messages, God. Let, let us open up our hearts. I even pray today just over Julie and Josh that there would, be, there would be something that would touch the depths of them even now. God, something deep on the inside, God, that would fill them. A fire and a boldness and a strength and a resolve like they've never known before. Empower them. Equip them. Mature them completely and flow through them with a torrent of love. The words of Jesus through their lips and through the actions of their lives. We send them back, God, with power, with authority, with your heart. We love you, Jesus. In your name. Can we give it up for Josh and Julie and Lord? Amen.
Thank you, guys. We've gone over a few minutes. All the soccer fans in the room say, I forgive you, Darren. I forgive you. I had some Brazilians tell me earlier, they were like, if it was Brazil, we wouldn't even be here right now. I was like, oh, whatever. So soccer is more important than Jesus? She was like, yeah, actually, because Jesus loves Brazil and the soccer team in Brazil. So let's pray and let's get this thing over with so we can see the second half. What's the score? Oh, don't say it. Listen, we're going to have some ministry teams for all the real Christians that need prayer today up here. All the false ones. You go and you go watch your game. Sorry, kidding. I want to see it too. Let's pray. Father, would you stand with me? Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the words of Jesus. Thank you for the beautiful desire in your heart to see life come to the earth. And may there be ones in this room found as guardians over that life. Filled with functional health because the red letters and all the other letters got all up on the inside of them and made them whole. Kept them aligned with the will of the Father and not their own or the agenda of the system of this world. We love you, Lord, and we worship you. In Jesus' name, God bless you guys. We'll see you back here next Sunday. Amen.